Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 51, verses 1 through 12. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone, have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me. You desired the truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a new and clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain in me a willing spirit. Exodus chapter 30, verses 1 through 10. You shall make an altar on which to offer incense. You shall make it of acacia wood. It shall be one cubit long and one cubit wide. It shall be square and shall be two cubits high. Its horns shall be one piece of one piece with it. You shall overlay it with pure gold, its top and its sides and all around its horns, and you shall make for it a molding of gold all around. And you shall make two golden rings for it. Under its molding on two opposite sides of it, you shall make them. And they shall hold the poles with which to carry it. You shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. You shall make them in front of the curtain that is above the Ark of the Covenant, in front of the mercy seat that is over the covenant, where I will meet with you. Aaron shall offer fragrant incense on it. Every morning when he dresses the lamps, he shall offer it. And when Aaron sets up the lamps in the evening, he shall offer it, a regular incense offering before the Lord throughout your generations. You shall not offer unholy incense on it, or a burnt offering, or a grain offering, and you shall not pour a drink offering on it. Once a year, Aaron shall perform the rite of atonement on its horns. Throughout your generations he shall perform the atonement for it once a year with the blood of the atoning sin offering. It is most holy to the Lord. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through chapter 5, verse 4. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Every high priest chosen from among mortals is put in charge of things pertaining to God on their behalf, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. 
He is able to deal gently with the ignorant and wayward, since he himself is subject to weakness. And because of this, he must offer sacrifice for his own sins, as well as for those of the people. And one does not presume to take this honor, but takes it only when called by God, just as Aaron was. Good morning, and welcome to the fourth uh, Friday of Lent. This is Brother Logan Isaac, broadcasting from Imesville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 51, Exodus 30, and Hebrews 4 and 5. And in here we, in the Exodus reading, we have a description of the altar that stands outside the the Holy of Holies um, in the courtyard where um, everybody could see uh, there was a fence, but I think you could see through the fence. Um, so the tabernacle, really quickly, was surrounded by this fence, and then you had uh, a basin for washing, and then the the altar, which is a cube, a square cube made out of acacia wood. And then the tabernacle itself, the tent, contained like an inner sanctuary, and then about a third of it was reserved behind a curtain for the Ark of the Covenant, which God refers to as just simply the covenant. It is an ark, you know, this basket that um, carries stuff, just like Moses was carried in an ark on the Nile before he was picked up by uh, Pharaoh's daughter. Um, God refers to it simply as the covenant, um, which is synonymous with testament. So this is, that is how important the ark is. Um, but the altar um, sits outside the tent, and everybody can see it. Um, uh, Aaron will offer incense on it nightly, and then um, once a year, um, the um, the atonement sacrifice is made uh, on the altar um, during uh, Yom Kippur, which is the atoning sin offering, uh, atonement meaning... Uh, to, to pave over. Uh, the Hebrew word means pitch, like the stuff that you put on asphalt. Um, and so that every year, the, the people have their sins paved over, um, which I think is this interesting um, image because it doesn't, it doesn't disappear. It actually piles up. It's like a, a tell in archaeology where it's like, it just keeps getting higher and higher because you just keep paving it over. Um, so that's what the atoning sacrifice is. Um, and in Hebrews, uh, we're reminded that Jesus is that atoning sacrifice, um, that he is like everything wrapped up in one. He is the covenant, which is the ark, which is God's um, very basis for relationship with humanity. Jesus is also the sacrifice itself. Um, he dies on the cross. But one way he is different from God the Father is that he is, he is able to deal with the ignorant and wayward since he himself was subject to weakness. Now, Christ didn't sin, but he was capable of sinning as a human being. And because he was capable of sinning, he is able to deal with with the ignorant and wayward. He can chase after those lost sheep. He can enter um, uh, areas of imperfection like the world, um, like human hearts, um, and he can draw 
that imperfection out, um, and he can sanctify us uh, through his atoning sacrifice. One of my favorite things about the sacrificial system is that we've got it all wrong, or we've got we've got some important elements of it wrong. I think I mentioned this briefly in an earlier um, episode. The atoning sacrifice, the one that happens once a year, um, is done by two goats. Uh, and a goat um, is not the same as a sheep. It's a baby goat, unblemished. There's supposed to be two of them, identical. Um, in the Western world, we've called this the scapegoat ritual. And the scapegoat um, in the old Bi- in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, it doesn't say scapegoat. It says azazel, and there's some debate as to what azazel really means. Um, but it it is translated as the scapegoat with an e. Um, that was the earliest iteration in Tyndale's 1530 English Bible. Anyway, now the difference between sheep and the goat is important uh, for grunts. Because a sheep is docile. Um, later um, writings of prophets and, and the New Testament talk about how the Lamb of God um, is silent before its shearers. Well, the goat is not silent. It's anything but. It's loud. It's boisterous. It's annoying as fuck. Nobody likes goats. They'll eat anything. They'll headbutt you in the crotch. I've seen all kinds of YouTube videos about it. Um, and so a goat, that the goat is the atoning sacrifice who takes away the sins of the world is important. The kind of thing that this atoning sacrifice is, which is prefigured, which prefigures Jesus, the kind of person, the kind of sacrifice that Jesus is, is not always, not inherently, not completely docile, silent, um, Complace or um, compliant. Um, Jesus, our sacrifice, can also be known to throw over tables. Can also be known to be a little sarcastic and edgy, um, and that um, is good news for grunts because too often we train young men and women to take the most shit that you can think of um, to get down in the mud and the shit and the the suck as we call it. Um, and then when they get acclimated to it, then they get discharged, and we expect them to be just like their um, clean, spotless, productive um, civilian counterparts. I'm overstating this, obviously. Um, But in the church, it's even worse because of these kind of Victorian standards we have about social decorum are even more kind of enforced in the church. Um, And it's in the church where we have this atoning goat. Um, And the Passover, in fact, as well, didn't have to be a lamb. It could also be taken from the goats as well. Um, And so when John, in John's gospel and the writing, the the Johannine writings, when he says that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, he actually has it wrong. Jesus is the um, goat of God. You could even abbreviate it. Jesus is the goat the greatest of all time, who takes away the sins of the world. Um, In the scapegoat ritual, Aaron, um, someone selects these two goats, and one is slaughtered 
um, and sacrifice to God. The other one, after the slaughter, after the, the sacrifice, before he washes himself with the goat's, the other goat's blood all over his hands and clothing, feet on the ground, he places his bloody hands on this scapegoat, confesses all of Israel's sins, places them on the head of the goat, and the goat is then led off into the wilderness. And that is what it means to take away the sins of the world. And it is a goat. Someone has to go with it because nobody likes goats. You have to make sure it stays the fuck out of the camp. And so Jesus is the goat of God who takes away the sins of the world. Um, and what that means for for Christians to be like Christ, like this atoning sacrifice um, that is silent at times, but also pretty onerous um, and, and hard to manage, annoying, um, kind of gruff, um, that's, I think that's good news for grunts because it, it means that we don't have to comply to some, you know, manufactured standard about, you know, uh, yeah, I don't social decorum about being happy, peppy, full of rainbows and sunshine. Um, that it's okay to be yourself. Um, if you've, you know, spent you know year or two in the military and you kind of get tired of the happy, peppy, rainbow puppies bullshit on the outside, remember that Jesus, our sacrifice, our Savior, is a goat. He's the, not just the greatest of all time, but the insofar as he is, as he is the embodiment of the Hebrew sacrifices, he is. <clears throat> he can be a sheep, a little lamb, a baby sheep, but he can also be, and he is much more frequent in the sacrificial system, uh, a headbutting, take no bullshit, annoying goat. Um, that frankly people want to kind of are, can be um, not the best uh, company. Um, that isn't to justify bad behavior, but it is to say that our expectations about what it means to be Christians, um, when they are put upon um, former, current and former service members who we've expected to you know drag themselves through the mud, you know, to eat anything, basically. I mean, MREs are basically aluminum cans and 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 rope. <laughs> um, and then we, we get them out and we expect them to completely and totally refine themselves into some spotless, silent, docile lamb. Um, I think that's a problem. And so I think that um, Jesus being the goat of God is good news for grunts. Because sometimes grunts can be pretty onerous, um, pretty hard to deal with, um, unpredictable, rough around the edges. Um, and that's just fine by God, even if it isn't um, by other Christians. Um, God is not you know, distressed or upset by you know, your, your, your braying and, and, and um, you know, annoying noises and, and everything else. Um, God hears you and God loves you. Um, and um, if if we are called to be like Christ, it isn't necessarily a call to be silent and, and compliant. It's a call to be ourselves, to love God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, and that we may be transformed into you know, these spotless lambs, but we may also 
um, be, um, you know, we might also find ourselves in the wilderness being led along um, with the, those sins on our backs, um, no longer ours, um, but God is there with us, you know, like those cheesy footprints in the sand. A prayer for all sorts and conditions of people from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, the creator and preserver of all humanity, we humbly beseech you for all sorts and conditions of people, that you would be pleased to make your ways known to them, your saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for the Holy Church Universal, that it may be so guided and governed by your good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith and unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to your fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate, that it may please you to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a, a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.